going to go to the book of Nehemiah today is where we're going, the book of Nehemiah. And uh, I said all that uh, there just to, you know, again, to give thanks for everybody who's poured their time and energy and effort into this. And I know we're not done. We've got even more to do here uh, today. And then, of course, then the event starts tomorrow. And, uh, and then it's next week, it's tear down again, you know. Get ready for the next one, praise God. So, yeah, literally, they, within a couple months, they're already starting to have meetings for the next year. I mean, that's how, how you know, far in advance they work towards these things. So, anyway, Nehemiah chapter 4 is where we're going to go. Nehemiah chapter 4. Did you come to receive today? What happens when you come to receive? You receive. You always go home with something when you come to receive. Um. Nehemiah 4, what we have in context is uh, Nehemiah um, really, uh, he's, he's a, he's a cupbearer for the king of Persia. And he hears word about his home city, Jerusalem. The walls are busted up and tore down. And somehow he just he gets word that, you know, his home city is in ruins. And uh, something stirs in him. Today I'm going to call it a passion to action. And um, something stirred in him to make a difference. Amen? And uh, this, this man, uh, you know, heard a need, saw a need, went to fill that need, and... Originally, it was just a passion to rebuild the wall, but in the end, he helped rebuild a people, a city, really a passion for God, you know, uh, literally had a move of God, and it started because one man in God saw a need and and was willing to step out of his comfort zone to go do something about it. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Praise God. You know, every change, I'm just going to toss this out there. Every change, every, um, you know, if you want to go higher, if you want to make a difference somewhere, you know that, um, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to be out of your comfort zone. Not always, but, but I'd say 90% of the time, somehow or another, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And you got to be okay with that. And that's why we, you know, lean on the Lord, trust in the Lord. That's why we draw on the grace of God to empower us to, to do these things. Praise God. Amen. So what, what we have going on here in context in chapter 4 is Nehemiah is now at Jerusalem. And they've already started, uh, you know, he got them stirred up to let's start rebuilding this, um, this city or this wall. And um, uh, one of the things he had to work through or, you know, at least the beginnings of working through it, was the lack of self-worth that the people of God had. And, um, you know, to me, I, I, I'm probably reminded of it more and more all the time as the weeks go on, the days go on, the years go on, whatever, uh, how much um, lack of self-worth there is out there. And so what happens in and when something's going on, pretty soon you just start feeling like, what's the point? And that's where the, that's where the city of Jerusalem was at. 
And uh, so he comes into this thing. He's got a, you know, a passion, a zeal to make a difference. And, and he got some people stirred up. And pretty soon they started working together, started building this wall. Next thing you know, man, everybody's getting a little more excited. So pretty cool deal. So anyway, that's where we're going to pick up here. So we're going to go to, I don't know what I told you. I tell you, verse 6, okay, we'll go there then. Uh, so we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. So we're only halfway done here. For the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, uh, Tobiah, and Arab, uh, and Ammon, Ammonites, pardon me, the Ammonites and the Ashdod, I should have I never went to this verse. Anyway, a bunch of otherites, there we go heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and that the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. Now, this, of course, obviously the enemy. Um, obviously, the enemy is upset because of the fact that now they're rebuilding, they're, they're, you know, they're fortifying themselves. Uh, it was okay when all the walls were torn down. It was okay when they were all uh, in a place of uh, lack of self-worth. And I mean, it was easy. The enemy could come and go as he wanted to take what he wanted, um, to you know, you know, steal, kill, destroy, whatever he wanted. But then all of a sudden now the walls are starting to be rebuilt. All the gaps are being closed in. He can't come in now. The enemies can't come in. So now they're trying to huff and puff and try to, you know, you know, try to blow their walls down. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway, so they're all upset. And all of them, verse 8, conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and to create confusion. That sounds like the enemy, doesn't it? That's what he tries to do. And a lot of times, you just have to understand that any time you're, a, 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 you know, you're willing to make adjustments or change or to step up or to uh, do something in God, to, to think that the enemy, you know, what did, what did Peter say? He says, you know, don't think it's strange. That the enemy is attacking. Don't think it's strange that he's trying to, you know, uh, you know, create confusion or or trying to somehow knock you off balance. Anytime you make a decision for God, the enemy's going to put up a little bit of a fuss. But just keep going. Still with me? Amen. So, nevertheless, um, it says here in verse nine. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. In other words, even though we're building the wall, we're also guarding. Amen. So all of a sudden, something's shifting and changing in the hearts of these people. Then Judah said, the strength, uh, the strength of the laborers is failing, and there is, uh, there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, uh, they will neither know nor see anything Till we come into the midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. In other words, because of so much garbage, so much stuff, so much everything around, we can sneak up there still and just mess with them, you know. So it was that when the Jews who dwelt near them came, that they told us ten times. In other words, we had ten different reports came to us. From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall and the openings, and I set the people according to their families uh, with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked, and I arose, and I said, right, to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. 
your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Fight for your families. Fight for your community. Fight for your region. Fight for your nation. We don't just lay down. We fight. We do our part. Amen? And it happened when our enemies heard that. Sometimes that's all it takes is a decision. A decision to do something about it. To not lay down. And it happened that when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. And so it was that from that time on, that half of my servants worked at the construction part of it, while the other half held spears, shields, bows, uh, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the houses, or probably the house of Judah. In other words, when we made a stand, when we came together as one, the enemy heard about it, the enemy just, just put up a little stink, and that was about it. We shut him down. If we can just get the believers uh, to just join up and hook up and do something, praise God, you'd be amazed how many enemies would just back up. Amen. Problem is we got more, more, of the, more believers backing up, so the enemy just keeps pushing. I said the enemy just keeps pushing because that's what he does. He steals, kills, destroys. So if you just resist, because the Bible says if you resist him, he will flee. Amen. So we just got to get people to resist. And that's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah got these boys, uh, these families, praise God, to start resisting. So they're, they're, some are building, some are, are armed, ready to go. Verse 17, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves uh, so that uh, with one hand, I love this, with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a, they held a weapon. In other words, the work didn't stop. They kept doing what they were doing, but they were ready, amen, to protect it, praise God. Every one of the builders had this sword, uh, had his sword girded at his side uh, as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. In other words, he had somebody right there just in case we had to set off an alarm, let them know, hey, we got something happening over here, praise God. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and, ex and extensive, and we are, uh, we are separated far from one another on the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, and our God will fight for us. Amen. And so we labored in, in the work, and half of, of the men held the spears uh, from daybreak until the stars appeared. And at the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, uh, that they may be our guard by night. And a working party by day. Man, I'm talking about sometimes it's around the clock, isn't it? Sometimes it takes you right out of your comfort zone. Sometimes maybe you lost an hour of sleep. But I tell you what, if you lean on God, he'll give you that back. He'll redeem your time. Amen. So neither I, uh, my brethren, my servants, nor uh, the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes, except that everyone uh, took them off for washing. So praise the Lord, I guess they did wash. That's a hallelujah. But the point is, praise God, what they did is they united, they stayed connected, they stayed focused. Come on, somebody. They weren't about to let the enemy in. What happened? Well, they, got, they rallied. And even though up to that point they were only halfway done with the wall, uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, the wall got built completely from start to finish in 52 days. 52 days. 
And uh, so that's pretty phenomenal. For a people that were lacking uh, self-worth, how all of a sudden, 52 days later, come on, they have their city back. Come on, somebody. Amen. So that's a, it's a pretty, pretty phenomenal deal. The verse for today is going to be verse 14. We're going to go back to verse 14, please. All right. And I looked and I arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid. In other words, there's no, no reason for us to be fearful here. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. You know, if you remember the Lord, great and awesome, you won't be afraid. You know, you've got to keep your attention on God. Amen. Who, who's, your, who's your source? Who's your strength? Come on, somebody. Who's your help, right? You know, instead of telling your, uh, telling your God how big your problem is, tell your problem how big your God is, right? See, remember the Lord great and awesome, praise God, right? Don't fear. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Fight for your families. Amen. Why do we do what we do? We fight for our families. We fight for our community. Amen. We fight for this generation. Amen. There's so much going on, so much happening out there, uh, but somebody has to be willing to fight. Be willing to go the extra mile. Be willing to come out of their comfort zone once in a while. Amen. And press in to do and to make a difference in their region, their town, their community, their church, amen, their family. Can I hear a big amen? amen. And I mean an amen like you mean it. Amen. Thank you very much. Praise God. So we're going we're gonna to look at this first part of this verse. Three things here. He said, I looked, I arose, and I said, all right, I looked and arose and said, praise God. So what does that mean? Well, hallelujah. Let's find out then. The word here, um, I looked, means to, uh, to behold something, to consider something, to take heed to something. A lot of different synonyms here. But it refers to somebody that's aware of what's going on. They've taken an analysis. They're aware of something. They're able to discern or distinguish what's going on. Amen. And Nehemiah, praise God, hallelujah, was aware of what was happening. All right? Uh, so he was moved on the inside. Amen? So the best thing, I'm just, I'm just going to say it this way, uh, Nehemiah stepped up. Everybody say he stepped up. You know, God's all about up. You ever notice that? He's always about up. Amen? And uh, he's never about down. He's about up. Amen? So God says we're called to be raised up, built up, lifted up. We're all called to grow up. Come on. Amen. To be stirred up, girded up. Amen. We're called to lay up, offer up, mount up. Praise God. We're all called to look up. Amen. We're all, amen, one day going to be caught up. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's about being up. Amen. And so the first thing is, amen, is that he stepped up. He's looked, he's analyzed everything, he's looked at everything, praise God, hallelujah. He's able to uh, see and aware of the problem and also at the same time be discerning of, 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 the, of, the, of the mission, of the task at hand, amen. And it didn't scare him. I think when he uh, told the king of Persia, when the king had asked him, you know, about, you know, what's, what's going on, he explained to him, you know, he knew in his heart, something needs to be done. I said, something needs to be done. Put Acts uh, 17, 
If you put that verse, that reference up there, we'll come back to this verse 14 in a minute. But Acts 17 and 16, Paul, if anybody uh, understood about stepping up, it was Paul. Amen. And uh, he was a very passionate man. And uh, Paul was, uh, was in uh, Athens at the time. And it says, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him. Everybody say provoked. There ain't enough people provoked anymore. Well, I want you provoked on the inside. Amen. Not about the wrong thing. But in this case here, it says that he was provoked. His spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. He stepped up. He didn't just sit there and talk about, eh, gosh, our generation, God, what problems, issues. Gee, somebody should do something about it. Come on. He was provoked. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah was provoked on the inside. He was moved on the inside. Amen. Something happened on the inside of him. He thought something needs to be done. Amen. Something needs to happen here. Can't just sit back and, and be so caught up in our own little lives, our own little world, and, and, and not understand that there are things going on around us. And, and, and without you stopping and taking a look, you just move on with life, bump along, and you get caught up in your own little rut. Listen, we're not down on your family. We're not down on all the things you do, your jobs, your businesses, all the things you do. We get it. Everybody's got got work, everybody's got family, everybody's got, you know, things that go on. We got our everyday stuff that happens every single day. We understand it, we get it. But if you don't stop long enough and look around, you'll miss things. I said you'll miss things. And the whole time you had what it took to make a difference. Amen. We're community changers. Right? Amen. We're community changers. That's who we are. Amen. Um, you know, I'm going to talk that till the day I go home. Yeah, that's what we're called to do. We're called to make a difference. We're called to influence a world, right? This is why we're here. I, personally, I think that's why I breathe air. I'm still here breathing air because I'm here to still make a difference. Amen. And I believe that that's, I'm hoping that's what stirs in you. Amen. But Paul was standing in, a, in the city of Athens, just started taking a look around, and he got provoked on the inside. Something happened on the inside of him. And pretty soon, what happened? The Spirit of God, amen, began to give him an idea how to make a difference. Amen. And pretty soon, God showed him a, a, a creative way to do it. Next thing you know, he's got a group of people listening to what he has to say, and here he is now making a difference in a community. Are you hearing me? Amen. Let's go back to, uh, uh, to uh, Nehemiah, verse 14 of chapter 4. So I looked. Amen. I looked. Amen. He's looking. Amen. There's something we can do here. There's something we can do. We don't just lay down. We don't just give up. We just don't throw in the towel. There's something we can do here. <laughs> Am I boring you today? All right. All right. So we looked, amen, and then it says he arose. He didn't just keep staring at it 
and keep talking about it. Amen. And he didn't just say, you know, somebody else needs to deal with that. He arose. Everybody say, he arose. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to rise. Amen. Praise God. We all need to rise. Amen. Hallelujah. The word arose here means to stir up to accomplish. To rise up to achieve, to carry through or to finish. In other words, to stir up to accomplish or to rise up to achieve or carry something through or finish something. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, he not only uh, you know, was aware and discerned and analyzed it, but he was willing to do something about it. So why do we do these things? I mean, good night. That costs money. Costs time. I can't watch Blue Bloods tonight because I gotta, I gotta, gotta work. Oh, I gotta get up a little earlier and. Uh, I mean, really, is it worth it? Yeah, is it necessary to go to this degree to do all this, to put little stupid paper chains together? Really? You know, most of those, not all of them, but most of those were done by some gals that just did them at home. They said, keep bringing me the paper, I'll clip it together. I had no problem with that. They stood at home, and there's a lot of chikinkin. <laughs> Am I right? All these things get cut out by somebody, get glued by somebody, get built by somebody, get painted by somebody. <laughs> painting machine right here. Amen. Ask me to build it, I'll build it, but you painting it. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, you know, it all does. All these kind of wild things. We, we try, hey, we'd like this infinity mirror. Let's try it. Let's see if we can build something. John and Ron and, and Daniel and myself all kind of got with it and started building stuff. And next thing, hey, look what we got. That's kind of cool. That's like a white box. Awesome. We can build that. And then you got people, let's do this and let's put lights on it. And let's, let's build a big, is it, was it a call? Switch? Switch still? Okay, whatever. Kids know. Somebody says, well, I, I don't, they don't do nothing for me. They don't have to do nothing for you. Amen. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, unless you're coming to VBS. <laughs> but it does something for them. But it takes people to do these kind of things. Somebody that just steps up, amen, willing to put their hand to the plow a little bit, amen. And uh, so it, he looked. And he arose. So we got to do something about this. What can we do? Well, you know, if we all work together, we can get this thing done. We put, we put a tool in one hand. We put a weapon in the other. We still called to stand our ground because we know the enemy. We know how he operates. The minute you make a decision to move forward, to do anything, to change anything, to, to bring more of God into some situation, he, he's going to rear up his ugly head. So in that moment, you maybe put down the tool and you lift up the weapon. And you let, it, you let him know who's boss. And then he backs down. You get back to work. Praise the Lord. Amen. And that's how it works. So 
Hallelujah. <clears throat> the verse that, that jumps at me every time I think about, about rising up, is you, you can't help but think about something like David, King David. Of course, before he was, when he was just a teenager. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, now David, uh, um, David's one of my heroes. Um, now, David didn't do everything right. Woo! Got himself in some trouble a little later. But boy, when it came time to, you know, being gutsy and to step up to the plate and do what, what should be done, the boy had it. And um, in this particular case here, what it is is the, the you know, the, the children of, or the, 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 enemy, uh, uh, the enemies are standing uh, opposing uh, the, the uh, armies of God. And, and so you got the enemy on one side and, and, and the armies of God on the other side. And, and every time they got up for battle every day, this big giant named Goliath would step up and, and make a big stink. And everybody on God's army would, would back up and quit because, you know, they'd all kind of run back to their tents because nobody wants to take on a nine-foot-nine guy. Are you hearing me? And so, you know, he keeps, you know, taunting them and say, you know, send me out. You know, just, you know, just taunting them and, and, you know, just, you know, messing with them and trying to, you know, torment them and, you know, just send me anybody. I don't care. Well, I think in all honesty, he was hoping to, that uh, King Saul would come out. And uh, King Saul actually was, uh, according to the scripture, said he was probably the tallest guy in the army was the king. And, uh, but he wasn't about to do it. And uh, so he, he, the enemy's over there taunting him. Well, I always think, you know, it's, it's just how the enemy works. And um, so um, David, you know, shows up and bringing food from his dad, sending to, uh, to bring food for his brothers. And so he, he brings food. And, and in the meantime, he gets to, gets to witness this Goliath doing what he has been doing for days. In the meantime, there's no, no fighting going on. And so David starts to ask, you know, here's about some things. Here's that, you know, the man that takes him out is going to, you know, going to end up, you know, pretty wealthy. His family's going to be exempt from taxes. And you get to marry the girl. <laughs> and the boy has been in the palace playing and understands and knows the girl. So he's thinking, prize, 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 right? So he's thinking, well, man, look, we, you know, somebody needs to take this guy out. And uh, so he's asking questions and going around. His brother gets all mad at him and says, you know, you know, what are you doing now? You're just, you know, being, you know, a little punk. Get out of here. I know why you're here. You're here to see a fight. And David, I'm sure, just said, what fight? <laughs> Ain't no fighting going on. Amen. And uh, the verse here says, that he says, what have I done now? Because Doesn't that just sound like a sibling? His older brothers are chewing on him. What have I done now? You're always getting on me, right? But I love the line next. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? See, it's more than just to look and analyze a problem. Is there not a cause? Somebody needs to step up and do something. And if you wait, I will. Somebody needs to step up. And believe me, the boy did. And the boy went down in history as a giant slayer. They sang songs about him. That's one of the things that upset the king and 
Later on, they had, you know, through his own jealousy and everything else, that's why he had the problems there. Come on, somebody. But the point is, amen, is there not a cause? David recognized that there wasn't just, you know, seeing a problem. There was something in him that rose up, come on now, and was willing to do whatever it takes to make a difference here. So I want to know, is there anybody in here willing to rise up and make a difference? All seven of you. Let's try that again. Anybody in this house willing to rise up and make a difference? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? We can look and point our finger at, the, at this generation all you want to, but remember, they're a product of us. So we might have something to do with it. So we might as well step up and be, amen, a difference maker and be a blessing and try to, you know, help somebody. Last night um, was in the prison with uh, uh, doing the chapel service, and we had uh, uh, just over 100 inmates in there, praise the Lord. That was kind of cool. A good group in there and ministering on focus and avoiding distractions, and, and I thought it was a good thing to preach, praise the Lord. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, just prior to it, one of our men in there that's involved in the praise and worship there, I've known him for probably several years now. And um, he come up, started talking to me, and um, uh, he gets out in, you know, I don't know, a month or something, 30, 40 days or something like that. And he's, he's pretty nervous, and, um, you know, he doesn't have any family up here. And um, I'm sitting there looking at a, at, a, at a grown man. He's a young man, but he's, but he's full-blown adult. And I'm looking at him, listening to him, and all I could see was a small boy. Never been parented. And uh, just scared. And I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't matter um, where you're at. You're going to see stuff like this. It's like either we, we make a difference or die. I just don't get it. We're here for a purpose, so let's, let's, let's do something. And, I, and I'm looking at this gentleman, and, and all I'm seeing is just a small boy that's scared. And, um, you know, you got, you got certain rules you got to abide by when you're in a prison ministry. And, but... Um, I just knew in my heart, right now he needs a dad. And uh, so uh, just grabbed him by the hand, put the other hand on his shoulder and just assured him, pray with him, but assured him, you're going to be okay. There's going to be people that are going to be there. Amen. He's he knows where he is going. He does have that settled, praise the Lord. Um, but I just, I just think, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it ain't the big wow, the zing, the whatever. Sometimes it's just a moment that just settles something in somebody so they're not tormented anymore. You know, I think of the rodeo Bible camps, the VBSs, CR. 
everything that we do that is, you know, going into the prison. Things, other things, we got those that go into the nursing home. You know, we've done food ministries. We've, you know, our, you know, just every kind of outreach you can think of, we've been involved in somehow or another. And I always think about maybe not, not everybody's called to go into prison. And if you're not, please don't. Not everybody's called to be in the nursery. And if you're not, please don't. Not everybody's called to be behind a pulpit. And if you ain't, please don't. Right? But everybody's called to do something. And so we don't just look and sit here and figure out all the problems. We, we roll up our sleeves and we get after it. And we do our part, right? I'm always reminded because, I mean, a lot of times it happens. And I got folks that wave me over and they say, Pastor, 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 get over here. Got this person. I need help. Okay. All right. Well, what can I do, and, and whatever, and so you, you hear what's going on, but by, before I'm even done there, they're over here now, saying, Pastor, 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 come on over here, they need help. So I'm over here now, trying to help out, whatever I do, Pastor, 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 I need you over here, because they need help. So next thing I know, I'm realizing, wait a minute, I'm the one that's going back and forth, hey, wait a minute, not pointing your finger and tell me what to do here, you get after it, you see some need, then fill the need. Well, I just, no, 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 no. Your calling isn't to make sure the pastor goes to the right place. That's not your calling. There is no such calling. Your calling is to also roll up your sleeves, pray, believe God, amen, and you'll find that the more you reach out toward to help others, your needs get met. If you're believing God for something, reach out and sow that toward somebody else. You have a personal need, so towards somebody else's need. Help out. Pray with them. Believe God. Encourage them. Amen. Whatever it takes. Sometimes that's all it takes. Amen. Just a little bit of encouragement. Praise the Lord. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. So why do we do what we do? Well, we create an environment, if we can, an environment that's conducive to miracles, conducive for salvation, conducive for morale. You know, you didn't need little streamers. You didn't need bursts of something on the wall with little lights around it, although I do like the lights. I think I'm going to put a bunch of them in my shop. Anyway, whatever. But the, the point is that we don't need all this. You know, these little dance moves and things hanging in the ceiling out there and in here. And uh, I don't know if you've been over there. We got a, literally a bus coming out of the ceiling. We have murals painted. We have, um, you know, all kinds of things. But um, we do it because it creates an environment that attracts these young kids, and, um, and it's been successful over the years. I was blessed the other day. One of our uh, gals was going through and just checking it out and getting the, the tour of some things, and, and she had said that, um, I, believe I, I hope I said this right, she said that in 2012 that somebody from the church um, asked if they could uh, take her daughters to VBS. And uh, so this is a few years back, and they 
um, they agreed, yeah, and, and it, it blessed their kids. It helped their kids. It made a difference in their kids. And, uh, and now she's in here. And she's a blessing. And Sister Candace right over here. Love you, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, uh, but that's how this stuff works, to be a blessing. And hopefully in time you can reach the whole family if you can, or make at least make a difference. Are you with me? Amen. So uh, God's good. So in other words, let's get back to this uh, chapter 4, verse 14 again. He said, I looked and arose. And I was stepped up. He rose up. But then I said, everybody say and said. So not only do we step up, rise up, but we're here to help others up. Right? So he said something. It literally means to, to say with latitude, to speak with purpose, to challenge or to spur forward. Amen. So one of the reasons that we are here is not only to not only see the need, not only try to do something about the need, but we're here to try to help others in wherever it is, whatever's going on, and hopefully spur them to do the same thing. Why are you here? It isn't just because Pastor Jerry's uh, uh, provoked within. Hopefully, before we're done, we got everybody provoked on the inside, ready to do something, praise God. Amen. It just works better when everybody pitches in and helps out, right? Am I right? I mean, there were times, uh, you know, uh, in fact, I, just about every VBS, um, we, get, we, hit a, we hit a spot during the week where um, you're looking around and you're probably thinking the same thing that Nehemiah, you know, we're looking around, the wall's half built, and we're wondering, but it's too late, we're committed. You gotta, can't back up, you can't quit. You just keep going and you keep believing that everything's going to get done because the enemy's, right, trying to make you feel like it's not moving, it's not going to happen, and you just got to keep, you just got to lift up the weapon, come on, stand your ground, and then get that tool back in the other hand going again, amen? That's what you just got to do. And then it always, and then it somehow it always ends up, and we always say from year to year, how do you get better than we did last year? And I always feel like every year it's a whole different new creative idea, a different way of doing it, and, and somehow or another it turns out just as cool, if not cooler, praise God. And so we're grateful for all of that, praise the Lord. Um, so not only do we step up, rise up, but we also are called to help others up, praise God. And, I, and I, um, Acts 26, put that verse just because it's one of my favorite verses, and it's a good one to throw in here. Acts 26 and verse 18, this is what uh, the Lord uh, told Paul uh, at, his, at his conversion on the road to Damascus. Um, he assured him of what, this is basically his purpose, all right, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may give, pardon me, they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The point being is this, amen, that not only did Paul recognize, amen, a need, not only recognize that he needed to do something, amen, but I believe with all my heart, praise God, his whole mission was about somehow or another helping people see things, open their eyes, take them out of the dark, bring them into the light. And our heart is, is to do the same thing, that when these kids come in or when the 
teenagers at VBS, or we got folks coming to CR, okay, what, whatever it is that we're doing, whatever outreach, our heart is somehow make a difference. And that's part of that is opening their eyes to allow them to see something different. Right? To see something different. Because sometimes their whole life looks like it ain't never going to get different. So sometimes it just takes somebody, come on, it just takes somebody to help open their eyes, bring them out of the dark, into the light, away from the grip of the enemy, toward God, amen, to receive forgiveness, which is huge, by the way. That don't just mean just somebody getting saved, because there's a lot of Christians still held under bondage because of their sin. So part of what we try to do is say, listen, you're released from your sin. You are not your history. You are not your past. You are not your mistake. You are not your addiction. You are not that. That's who you were, but that's not who you are. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So receive forgiveness. And receive your inheritance. There's so much you're called to. And if we can just somehow open their eyes and they realize, oh, I'm called to that too. I'm called to be a part. I'm called to help. I, I'm, I'm called to a better life. I'm called to this, this blessing thing that I've been hearing about. I'm called to this. There's an inheritance, praise God. So to me, today I, I felt like, you know, with Nehemiah, whether we're talking Nehemiah or Paul or, or David, you know, these, these are men that, you know, they, they, they saw the needs. They knew the workload. They knew the task at hand. But they were willing to roll up their sleeves and get after it. And they were willing to serve their generation, to make a difference in their own community, in their own families. Amen. So is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Huh? There's things out there I look at and go, I don't like that. Is there not a cause? The other day, had a gentleman here helping, and he brought up, uh, he, he uh, had mention of our mayor. And um, good man, knows the Lord. And um, uh, he says, you know, I'm from Bend. And sometimes they're a little squirrely over there. No, no offense if you're from Ben. No offense. But um, they, they, they allow some things in their community that we're not allowing in our community. Now, I'm not saying everything in our community is of God. But I am saying, praise the Lord, we're trying to do our part. Come on. And is there not a cause? Amen. Now, uh, the, the thing he mentioned was, you know, the fact that our, our mayor, um, you know, because he knows the Lord. It makes a difference when you got people like that in a place of leadership. All right? And uh, I praise God for that. Praise God not just for the men of God, the women and men of God who, who hold the places of, of, of the pulpits in our, na or our uh, community, but how about these people that, you know, that serve our community one way or another, amen, who know the Lord and are willing to take a stand, praise God. For that, I appreciate. Anybody else with me on that? Amen. amen. And we, you need to let them people know, amen, how much you appreciate what they do. Amen. Praise God, because it ain't easy. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a dark world. 
and everybody trying to press on them and everybody trying to push on them and, and uh, trying to get them to, to back up and, and to, you know, whatever. Well, so we need to not only have a tool in one hand, we've got to have our weapon in the other hand and fight for our communities, fight for our families, fight for our kids. Amen? It's worth it. It's worth it. Thousands of man hours, <laughs> it's worth it. Huh? hundred kids come to Christ in a couple weeks, that's worth it. Come on, right? Come on, it's worth it to make a difference in a family. It's worth it to make a difference in, a, in some inmates or, or make a difference with somebody that, has, that struggles with certain things, hang-ups or hurts or whatever it is. It's worth it to just somehow or another extend yourself to help pull somebody else up, praise God, and make a difference in the life of another, praise God. Is there not a cause? Yes, there is. So who's with me, praise God? Hallelujah. Well, if you're with me, why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am, you can say something. But it better be good. You don't know how to turn on the mic? Nope. I wish I would have known that a long time ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want to mention something. I, didn't, I had not thought about this in light of BBS until the pastor was talking, but yesterday I, I talked to my, my earthly dad every Saturday on the phone, and he is going to be 89 years old, I believe it is. And um, yesterday he was talking about some political things and things, and I didn't think about this, but he made a comment, and it started something in my head. There's not, I mean, he's ultra-conservative. I'm grateful for that. I was raised in a conservative background and uh, a God-fearing background. I'm grateful for that. But he made, made a comment, and I immediately thought of this. He said, there's not as many of my generation around with the convictions that we had. So he said, so my life is being controlled by younger people. Mm-hmm. My life is being controlled by younger people. Mm-hmm. So these kids that are coming to VBS are someday <laughs> going to control your life. And what do you want them insisting and enforcing upon your life because those young people now I understand there's a lot of things they don't control and all things like that but in the political realm dad said everybody's younger than me making legislative decisions everybody's younger than me in the workforce providing social security Mm -hmm. everybody's younger than me doing all these things and so the younger the next generation is what is controlling me now so this next generation of kids, mm-hmm. you don't have to talk to them about Social Security. <laughs> but what you want to do is put in them a fear of the Lord. Because yeah. if they have the fear of God, all the rest will take care of itself. That's right. Amen? Amen? But it's the next generation. Yeah. So you're not only sowing to their future, you're sowing to your own. Yeah, that's right. Come on, everybody. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Good work. Hallelujah. If you don't lead your generation, it'll lead you. Yeah, it will. So, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I choose to do my part. Anybody else with me? Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory. 
Thank you for a people of God willing to go the extra mile, willing to step up, rise up, and help others up. Hallelujah. And, I thank, and I'm grateful for this congregation. I'm grateful for the laborers and the workers and those that have just poured their time, energy, and efforts, their finance, everything. We're grateful for those that believe in the mission, believe, hallelujah, in our call, believe in what we're doing, and we give praise for that. And we'll give thanks right now, ahead of time, hallelujah, for what you're about to do this next week. We're thankful. Bring them in from the north, south, east, and west. And I thank you, Lord, again for the privilege of serving, for helping, amen, and pointing the way, hopefully opening the eyes, amen, to where they can see, hallelujah, the light. Praise God. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.